0: Hey guys, this is Val from the side room podcast. Gotta let you know something. This episode right here is going to be a nerd alert. So if you guys like comic books, if you guys like guys ranting around about comic books and comic book movies, you'll like it. We go in depth. We go a little crazy. We go a little too geekish in this. So a nerd alert, nerd alert. If this is not your forte, then maybe you want to pass this one out or you just want to listen just for the fuck of it. Go for it. Uh, always to rate, review, and subscribe. Facebook, Twitter, the Side Room Podcast, the Sidecast, uh, we're everywhere. Instagram, Snapchat me, Val Cisco, uh, anywhere. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know how Jay Rance is doing. Let me know how the Side Room Podcast is doing, and um, just give us some feedback. And you know, the more you give us, the more we can produce for you. So thank you again for listening. Subscribe, please. That little button right there, just press it. I'm just hoping everybody out there is feeling as super as I am right now, super as Superman, super as a world-renowned. Sidecast, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Val from the Side Room P- Podcast, and I got my boy from the
1: Stoop, your boy Jay Rance. How you doing, Jay? I'm chilling, Teddy Roosevelt. I'm good. I'm just ready to get into this top five, you know, pop five of Tuesday. This one's a good one, man. I've been looking forward to this one all week.
0: Oh, hell yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this as well, too. I know we were bouncing around some ideas, and we kind of came to this one for our love of comics, and hence the Superman intro right about now. I felt like that would be appropriate to give us our... Top five, which we kind of coined from popular culture given our rankings of a top five system um today's episode if you already don't know is gonna be top five dc characters but they're the b-list characters how you feel about that
1: i love it man like when we sat down and discussed like we should do b-list characters like we were all for it i was with it because like i told you before B-list characters need love, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the shine is stolen by the A-listers. And sometimes if you look at the history and the backstory, and some of these events of these B-list characters, are actually better than the A-list. It's, nah, you know, so I was with it, man. I'm hyped.
0: No, nah, definitely. I feel the same way. You know, during the years of reading comic books with you and the collecting comic books, mm-hmm. I've always yeah. loved B to C to D-list characters. I mean... I remember going to the days of uh, shout out to Midtown Comics in Times Square, two of them. One of Grand Central, which is the better one, and of course, one Times Square, 42nd Street. We would go there. We would hop the subways, be mad excited, going to get a freaking <laughs> frappe at Starbucks, having a bogey, grabbing the comics out of the freaking brown little paper bag like drug addicts and just <laughs> snarling at them.
1: <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I, re- I remember those days. We used to just sit there in front of. Ah, you smell that fresh comic book smell, and we used to just go up those glorious steps and just have a damn good time, man, just sit there for hours, talk to the employees, and just sit there and read comics and just bounce back and forth and stuff, like, it was just, it was amazing, it's a memory that I hold dear to my heart with you, like you said as well, going to the Starbucks, getting the Frab, you know, having the bogey in front of Grand Central, so it, it, it was dope times, man.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, half the experience was just going to the comic book shop and just bullshitting with people. Random people looking at your favorites, mm-hmm. your not favorites, saying, yeah, I like this character. Why the fuck you like that character? Why I like this yeah. character? Just bugging out and having fun.
1: <clears throat> yeah, man. I thought for cutting you off. I remember... That uh, I think it was after the fifty two reboot, I went and I copped the Flash comic, and then the dude there working, he was like, "Oh, this is actually a good comic, you know, because in this one Flash trips or whatever, you know." <laughs> so just like going back and forth, you know, BSing with that stuff. So it, it was, it was, it was pretty cool, man. It's like, great memories.
0: One of my fondest memories, man, is uh, two thousand eleven when DC did the relaunch and we were waiting online, uh, with mm-hmm. dudes mm-hmm. and hanging out rings and the Wayne Casino coins mm-hmm. for that yeah. finale of Flashpoint. We got to yeah. meet um fucking Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. That was awesome. Got our book signed. I still got that book in a fucking little plastic bag still. So still yeah, near bro. and dear to my heart, man.
1: Yeah, actually, in my list, I talk about that memory, bro. So that memory is me, near to my heart as well. Ooh. Yeah, one of my characters on the list. I talk about that memory, and I still have that comic, like you said, mm. wrapped up in plastic and stuff. So interesting. Yeah, it was it was a fun time, man.
0: Uh, so um, I know in the last kind of podcast that we have, we went from Film, now we're going into print right now. Last one was sports entertainment. Looking at this right now, every podcast that we have done when it comes to these Pop 5s, we have had similar similarities when it comes to our list. Not maybe the same 2s or 3s, but they've been on the list. I think maybe this time, though, we're going to see some diversity between our picks. We may have one, and I was telling you before, I have one trump card for you that you're not gonna agree (laughs) on i know you're not gonna agree on and i want you to bring it too if you feel that it's wrong tell me but to be honest this is our opinions for people out there who'll be like man fucking 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 lobo should have been number five (laughs) (laughs) Lobo. fuck you you know this is our opinions this is how we feel about these characters
1: you know what i was gonna give you my number one because my number one is really misunderstood but i left him out the list and he'll be an honorable mention because that one is really misunderstood and if you look at him he's somewhat to an extent a hero but he's being played as a villain okay so i don't i don't know if you think who i'm talking about but i'll leave him as an honorable mention awesome awesome well let's get this bitch started tell me who is your number five (laughs) my number five as you know could have been easily my number one but I wanted to put him number 5 for the simple and it hurt me cuz I love this guy and I just put him number 5 because I feel like my number 1 as my list goes on they're more credible and you know have more not you know history that they should have been higher than this guy. So my number 5 is the man, the icon, the legend himself, Mr. John Carter Booster Gold. <laughs> I knew it! That's your boo! <laughs> That's my dude, Booster Gold. And you know he could have been my number one. I thought so, it was going to be your number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that, you see? Already, like, flipping the script, controversy. Like, um, I just put him number five because, like, I feel like my number one, it, he's a badass. So, you know, Booster Gold, what can I say about this dude? I feel like he's a B-list character because to start off he's a fucking joke you got what i'm saying like this dude i love i love his character to death but he's a joke from day one you know he set up his own stardom his own heroics and stuff like he was um growing up you know he was um super poor because his father left him and stuff and went to gamble all the money and he was a naturally athlete you know a natural athlete excuse me and his father came back in his life and told him, hey, son, you know, you should throw the games and gamble on them and lose on purpose and stuff like that. That's so- a rightful
0: father should. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that doing that got him exposed and landed him in a dead end job, as you know, which he got. Um, I think it was a night watch for the Metropolis Space Museum. Okay. So this is where the Booster Gold story starts, which is he, it's a joke. Like I said, he with his robot skeets, you know, they steal the Super Legion flight ring and a Brainiac force belt. And then he takes a time spear, which is in the museum on display, to travel to the 20th century and set up his sardom. So he took all his knowledge from his past and his time, and he said, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. You know, I'm the hero, and I'm going to stop it. So I feel like, but to his credit, he has been credited with saving the world three times or two times. (laughs) So you know, He got some credibility to him. He has some credibility for saving the world a few times. That's why I feel like he's number five on my list. Because he's not that credible, but still, for saving the world a few times, he's credible. And like I said, you know, Booster Gold, man, FTW. I love him. Oh, I I
0: love that pick. I love the fact that, you know, Booster has that awesome robot, my man, Skeet Skeets. Yeah. Uh, This is a comic relief for that character. And also... Going back into the 80s and the early 90s, you have Booster Gold and Blue Beetle having those blue and gold comic books just being these mm-hmm. comedy side pieces for a lot of the Justice League. So, yes. yeah, that's a great pick. I, I love both of those characters, um, especially Blue Beetle. He's not on my list, but he was going to be an honorable mention. But uh-huh. I love the combination of blue and gold. That was always one of my favorite comic books growing up.
1: I thought Blue Beetle, sorry for coming you off, I thought Blue Beetle would have been on your list for sure. No. nah. So. nah. Oh, okay. So what's your number five? Let's get into it.
0: All right, all right. This one's going to be a curveball, but he is very near and dear dear to my heart. He is still, in my opinion, one of the newer superheroes that came out of the 90s, and for good reason as well, too. He came out of the Death of Superman storyline in 1993, that whole big shebang where Doomsday kills Superman, and there was about four or five people trying to claim the the title of Superman. But there was actually one who was doing it for the right reasons. That man was Dr. John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Mm. Steel.
1: Ooh, Steel. That's a real B-list right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leave my man alone. The dude, yes, has some parallels to Marvel's Iron Man, yes. But at the same token, though, Steel, John Henry Irons, is a credible character when it comes to the DCU, um, only for the fact that he never claimed to be a Superman, but he was always inspired what Superman did. Um... I love the fact that he came up with his own um, armor as well, too, being a scientist at Amber Tech Industries when he found out, kind of to Iron Man, when he found out that the, his his weapons and his technology was doing um, wrong and harmful things to other people. He went out to destroy that with the suit he made. Um, He was inspired by the urban legend of John Henry, just that giant dude from the South just plowing on railroads and just standing up for um, immigration and standing up for rights as um, one of the biggest African-American urban legends out there. Um, this character doesn't play second fill to a lot of people. He can stand on his own. He has even own solo series back in 1994 as well too. So definitely he is a standalone character. But I feel sometimes he is in the shadow of other um, superheroes like um, superhero like oh sorry look with me superhero like Superman like Superboy like Excalibur. There's a lot of people out there that kind of take that helm of Superman. But I felt like. With Steel, he was more than that. He was in a suit of armor. He had a giant hammer. He had the whole rocket rocket boots going from different places to place to place. He has on own central mm-hmm. stories. He was botched with a movie with Shaquille O'Neal. I'll give you that one. Um, so that makes him a B-list character. Almost a C-list character in his own right. I do think he deserves more justice. Even in the New 52 storyline, he was botched as well, too. I think this is a character that is well-received, with many people, and I feel he's a character that will live long in comics, especially with Rebirth coming up pretty soon with his new origin. He's one of my favorite characters, and that's
1: why he's my number five. So, I'm just gonna hit you real right quick off the bat. You feel like Steel is in the shadow of Superboy?
0: Um, Yeah, I think that Superboy just now, in the last... I want to say five years, has finally picked up a character which people are very fond of. The first Superboy in the 90s, um, with the glasses and the leather jacket, people really didn't gravitate to him that much. They saw him as a schmuck almost. Um, But even then, he had a cool design, I guess, and people still gravitated to him more than Superman. Even Cyborg Superman, um, people were gravitating to him more. So when you look at John Henry Irons, he was kind of left in the shadows of being that guy that could have been a a person to take the mantle even with a hmm. suit of armor being the man of steel as he called himself um but i felt like he was kind of put aside for other character arcs
1: oh okay so i i give you that because to me, you know, Superboy is just always going to be that little guy that's in Superman's shadow. So that's why I was like, Let, let's see, let's see. What's your reasoning behind that?
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, I love the character and all. I think he's going to stand on his own merit with Rebirth coming up right now. He has an origin that's going to be picking up pretty soon as well, too, being in the mythos. Um, right. Like I said, he does have parallels to Iron Man. He does have parallels to different other characters out there that kind of mimic the same origin story. But the same token, though, as one of the rare black superheroes out there he does that on his own
1: i'll give you that that's true i just didn't really think that you were gonna go steal that that one's the me. <laughs> so. oh i got some other Wowzers
0: there
1: <laughs> i'm already shocked i'm waiting to see what else
0: all right give, give me quattro
1: <laughs> <laughs> quattro um my number four is the enigmatic not much is known about this character to the casual reader But, you know, Mr. Horse Voice himself, Kent Nelson, Dr. Faye. Look at you. Yes. I had to go with Dr. Faye because I feel like not much is known about Dr. Faye. And when people talk about Dr. Faye, he gets kind of like, you know, the comparison with Dr. Strange from the Marvel Universe. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And But I just feel like this dude is such a badass because he belongs to one of the most iconic groups, in my opinion, which... You know, the Lord of Orders is a badass group that keeps that cosmic balance between the universe and, you know, they empower their mortal counterparts to fight the evil. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. So, like, he's a founding member of the Justice Society of America, and he gets his power from Nabu, an ancient being, you know, so he has the cloak, the helmet, the amulet. So he's pretty a a big deal in my book for the simple fact that his ability, when you look it up or whatever it is, his ability is just one in his mastery of magic. Period. <laughs> like he's a god to me in that you know mystical sorcery realm. So, and you know I like that. So I had to go with Dr. Fate as my number four.
0: I love that. Um, I've always was a big Dr. Fate fan. I do see the parallels with him and Dr. Strange way too much. And being as a Dr. Strange fan, I always favored Dr. Strange more from the Marvel side. But I always was curious about Dr. Fate. His powers, how he obtained them. He has a great storyline in the new um, Injustice 2 game where he's a main central part of it. So it's nice to see that Dr. Fate does get some love.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've always been a Dr. Fate fan from... Day one, like I said, when I first seen him and came across him, and he just seemed like an interesting, compelling character because, like I told you, I love that sorcery magic world, and he's pretty badass, you know. Like, so that's why I had to go with, with him as my number four. Definitely could have been higher, but I just put him in the number four.
0: You almost surprised me because if this was a Marvel, a B
1: list character showdown, you said Horseface, and I'm just <laughs> saying
0: you gotta give my man Peter Ray Bill some love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How could I forget Beta Ray Bill, bro? You freaking love that guy. Man. I love like, Beta Ray Bill so much. <laughs> yo, yo, the centaur. like He's just a freaking beast on his own. I-, I give you Beta Ray Bill. I've grown to, you know, have a fond appreciation for him. But, you know, just Thor is number one in my book, so...
0: But I feel you on that one. And I kind of have a parallel to your Dr. Fate, in a way.
1: Yeah. He um,
0: kind of is in the spiritual universe and kind of does have certain similarities to the yeah. occult and to dr strange to zatanna to dr fate as well too i just feel he kind of gets played second fiddle because not many people really know his origin not many people <clears throat> find his material kind of interesting it's very bland very dark but also very yeah. dry so my number four and you're probably gonna be surprised that he's so high on the list but for good reason, though, is John Constantine the Hellblazer. Mm, I knew that was coming, but I just didn't think he's going to be number four. <laughs> so a lot of people may take him as an as a A-list character. And a lot of people may see him as a D-list character. He has that parallel where people just don't know that much about him. They know that he shows up. They know that he's in a swampton comic book. They know that he's in mm-hmm. um now a lot of DC um, Entertainment home video shows. Now, he has his own um network show on the cw seed now which is a constantine cartoon which is awesome but Mm -hmm. it kind of sucks because once again he kind of plays second fiddle to a lot of people like dr strange like dr fate his show was canceled his live action show was canceled on nbc and never was brought back so people just don't know enough about john constantine i love him because of the fact that he is a regular joe just dabbling in thievery occult magic, and a couple of things like that. Nothing really crazy special about him. He's just a noir detective that falls into um, situations where he has to deal with the devil or God, trying to find that balance. And it's simple storytelling. It's back when DC launched their Vertigo series, along with Swamp Thing, Sandman, and a couple other characters as well, too, to tell more mature stories. And... <clears throat> Like I was saying before, it's very, very dry British humor. Hell, the fact that his appearance was based on fucking Sting... You know, it's it's hilarious, but the fact that he's always been a central part of the DC universe, whether it be in the events of Justice League Dark, whether it be in events where Batman needs to turn to somebody for occult magic, or Superman has to deal with occult magic, they go to John Constantine for the darkest answers, and I love John Constantine. I think he's a fabulous character. I think he belongs on my top five of greatest characters of all time, but... He is a b-list character a lot of many people and he plays second fiddle to people like dr strange just because they're not really as educated as they should be with the character
1: yeah i you see there i disagree with you because i feel like if anybody plays second fiddle it's i feel like <laughs> dr Faye is more in the shadow because you know john Constantine has became mainstream you know and also ever since that movie with keanu reeves you know so Like, I feel he has become more mainstream, unlike Dr. Fate, so... It's
0: hard, because, not to cut you off, because that, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, that movie did more damage to John Constantine than anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was uh, not an accurate portrayal of John Constantine, besides him smoking cigarettes. Other than that, it's (laughs) just fucking Keanu, before Keanu was really starting to hit his stride. It was this dull, like, yeah, um, John... And that's about it. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it has some great aspects and the mythology was there, but it's just the character alone wasn't really hitting it for me. And then with Dr. Fate's character, Dr. Fate's been around since almost the Golden Age. Um, actually, yeah, in the, the Golden Age of Justice Society. So in in essence, he has more longevity than John does, and he has been in more story arcs as well too, than John has as well too. For good purpose, because John has always been like a small, 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 small role when it comes to big events. They come to him, but he's not really the main central character. Um, I, I, I wish he was. I wish he was. But I think John works in smaller,
1: smaller, smaller doses. That's where he hits his stride. Yeah, I see, and I, I get what you're saying, bro. So I definitely have to take your point of view and respect it.
0: I respect yours too. I, like I said, <laughs> if it was also the top five characters of all time, John's up there for me personally. But. Yeah. As a character that, like I said, a lot of people probably find his material—they know of him—but they probably mm-hmm. find his material very, very, very dry, and probably wouldn't be into a Hellblazer comic book, even though it was one of the the highest and grossing selling comic books in the Vertigo era. Mm-hmm. Still, that was for a core audience who were looking for that. When it comes to the mass majority, I think people would be more happy to see a guy with a giant helmet screaming witchcraft than a smoking cigarette belligerent guy who's drunk and trying to fuck Satana all day. It's funny. Satana's hey. a hot girl.
1: <laughs> Give me both. Ho- ho- oh, excuse me. I'm so excited right now. Give me the horse voice Dr. Fate screaming witchcraft in like this and stuff. <laughs> you know and the belligerent freaking chain smoking <laughs> Constantine oh man i would like to see those two at a table have a conversation but oh, honestly like that would be beautiful but- but and um, because I remember you used to buy those comics, um, the DC, um, which one was it? I forgot the name. Wow, um, the Dark Universe. What was it called with Deadman and Zatanna? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, was it? Well, wasn't he like the lead role in that? Series? So
0: yes and no, because when you're looking at that, that the Justice League Dark, he kind of was almost, but he was always a reluctant leader that never felt like he could do it. If anything, Z- mm-hmm. Zatanna took a lot of Helm. Uh, Man and took a lot of the Helm too, and there was other central characters that kind of were getting thrown in and out. Constantine really was a reluctant hero that said, I'll do it if there's something in it for me. Okay. Or I'll do it um, by mistake. He fell into solutions, rather than actually help the solution.
1: All right, I see. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, because I remember he was all for that Justice League oh, Dark. That was always, shit.
0: When you get the Swamp Thing and Doctor, F- and uh, well, Swamp Thing, Doctor Fate, Swamp Thing, and John Constantine and Dead Man in a book together, I'm all for it. So mm-hmm. um, that's awesome on my part, right there. I love myself some John, but I love myself some number
1: three. Give me some mm-hmm. number three. Number three, number three is. I'm just going to get into it, and this is the character that we had that experience waiting online to meet Jeff Johns and had the comic book signing at at the end of Flashpoint event for the New 52. Mm -hmm. My number three, taint it, and to a certain extent, just because the first word that's in her name, but it's Miss Catherine Kane herself, Batwoman. Oh, shit. Look look at you. Yes, I feel like this character off the bat is already um, a B list just because she has bat in front of her name. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Any anything bat batwoman bat girl, anything like that, I feel like they have big shoes to fill because of Batman himself. So, I feel like everything with Bat falls short and they're just relegated to the B zone, C zone. Mm. That's just my opinion. And one of the things that I feel like was kind of controversial with her from the jump, you know that She was stated that she was a lesbian. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it was stated that she was a lesbian. That was even one of her storylines that she got kicked out of the military for having a lesbian relationship with a girl that was in the academy. So she was kicked out for being a lesbian. So I feel like that's already one strike to her that has her in the B-list zone because, you know, hey, a gay character is not really embraced. You know, we haven't seen that much. And if we have seen it, they really don't get that much love for being gay. Mm. And also, I just feel like her biggest strike is she's a woman. There's a lot of sexism out there. You get what I'm saying? Of course. So I feel like that's another thing that kind of goes against her, which makes her a B-list character. And another thing was that her one of her main storylines was that she wanted to try to win Batman's love. Right. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. It was um, her and her sister, I believe it was Batgirl, that they both had a crush on Batman and Robin. You know, so... She was trying to get Batman's love. So I feel like that's also a strike for her that puts her in the B-list character zone that not a lot of people are going to take her serious. She was a wild character partying after she got kicked out of the military. So, you know, she was kind of in a limbo state. And it wasn't until a event, which I feel like is kind of intertwined with, like, a little bit of the history of Batman. Her mother was murdered, excuse me, murdered in a kidnapping, you know. So, like, it was that her father couldn't come for her birthday, I think it was. So they went out to celebrate and these gun ruffians, you know, just snagged them up for the restaurant and stuff like that That in Gotham, you know, it's wild. And it was a kidnap situation and her mother actually got gunned down in that. And it wasn't until later down the line that she encountered Batman and that's the person that changed her life because she's also wealthy like Batman. You know, not a lot of people know about that, that she's wealthy and she decided to dedicate her life to fighting crime and put her wealth towards, you know, fighting crime. Because if you look at her, She's just like Batman, but a female version in my eyes detective skills, great martial artists, tech gadgets, and all that stuff. So I just feel just the fact that she's a woman, she gets overlooked because also the experience that we had at um designing for the new fifty two we were standing online for midnight and till midnight excuse me remember that artist she came by with an ipad saying hey i have new drawings for the new batwoman 52 coming up and everybody was overlooking it yeah i'm sure you remember about that yeah everybody was just like oh no i don't want to see that i don't want to see that and you were the one that brought her towards me because you know i'm a batwoman fan so i was intrigued i loved it but everybody on that line was like i don't want to see that you know so i just feel the fact that she's a woman she gets overlooked in my opinion
0: no i i totally agree with you in this situation. I love Batman. Uh, Batman. I love Batwoman <laughs> in general. I love Batman. <laughs> no, I love Batwoman in general because of the fact that she is so different from Batman. I love the fact, in my personal opinion she mm-hmm. she is a standalone character but people are not educated on her I do think yes. though if she didn't have the bat name to her she would be such a more prolific character I think she would stand out amongst the rest she would be next year Wonder Woman she would be next year Zatandas. Mm-hmm. but because she has the bat name to her she falls under that stigma I think she is a glorious character I think she's great for the LGBT community I think she's great mm-hmm. for people who will feel that they're getting discriminated upon I feel that she is a great character for young ladies to see hey i have my own bruce wayne to look up to i don't need to be batman where i can be batwoman she has great 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 arcs and it's not until now Mm -hmm. where in the last four years she's really hitting her strides in the comic books her sales are actually up now but i definitely agree with you she's b-less because she's in the bat shadow because of the fact that she started in such rough times with the bat family um trying Mm -hmm. to put love stories into it trying to put all this Bruce Wayne, Batgirl-centric stories into her, she should have always been her standalone character. But, man, I I don't know. Um, It's hard because (laughs) I agree with you. I want to rank her. She's one of those characters like Constantine that I would rank so high as well, Uh too. But, of course, since she has that stigma, it kind of hurts her a little bit.
1: That's my fault for cutting you off, but that's where I feel like she falls short because the only character, in my opinion, that I feel could somewhat hold the candle to Batman and not even hold the candle is Robin, you know, just because that's his uh, sidekick, you know, but even Robin, I feel like holds no candle towards Batman because Batman, excuse me, he's on his own level. There's just big shoes to fill and anybody has Bat in front of it. I feel like they just fall short. Yeah. No. And uh... besides... Sorry for cutting you off. I had to put her at number three because who doesn't like a sexy red-headed that's tatted up and kicks ass? You get what I'm saying? No,
0: I feel you a thousand percent. <laughs> she is gonna be someone you look in history in the next five years and say, "Damn, I should have been reading her about ten years ago." And people are gonna be wise up to her. People are gonna just like people are wise up in Marvel and look at um, Kamala Khan uh, as the new Miss Marvel, looking at her like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I didn't read her because you know she was." Uh, Middle Eastern, and I didn't want to support that at the time because she was a Middle Eastern human. That's not my Miss Marvel. People are gonna realize that these characters who are not only filling the shoes for bigger characters are also gonna be ones you're gonna be, your kids are gonna be reading, your your family's gonna be reading. They're gonna be big arcs coming. When Batman or Bruce Wayne or Miss Marvel as well to take down that mantle, you're gonna be looking at Batwoman as a mainstay. So I can't wait for those days to come. Great choice, right there, bro.
1: I definitely agree with you, and I can't wait for her to get in her A list here. But what's up with your number three? Lay it on me.
0: I like it because I got we still got a little parallel going on right here. As you <laughs> had yours as a female, I have mine as a female. Ooh, and kind of close you almost mentioned her in a way too, almost though because <laughs> she is part of the bat family but i love because now when we're going into our number threes i uh you know constantine really didn't get disrespected maybe his show got disrespected because it was canceled early and john henry irons you know he still stands on his own mantle as steel the only thing is his movie was disrespect this character yeah. right here she has been disrespected since day one And going into the new 52, it was still a slap in her face. She's been a main, 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 main character in the 90s and the mid-2000s as well, too. Also, she is such a fan favorite and such a breath of fresh air. I'm talking about the third Batwoman, fifth for people who want to count the Golden Age and Silver Age. But she is the third Batwoman. She is Stephanie Brown.
1: Ooh, wow, bro. Look at you pulling out the golden age works in here.
0: (laughs) I have to because with this character, she really means a lot to me. Going into Birds of Prey in the late 2000s, enjoying that comment, looking at Stephanie Brown, she filled. The the gap that Barbara Gordon kind of left. You had Cassandra Cain as the other uh, Batwoman as well. Batgirl, excuse me, at the time. But she was such a dark and miserable character that it was just too brooding for me. So when Stephanie Brown took up the mantle, man, she was just a breath of fresh air. She was happy. She loved the character. She loved being Batgirl. She loved... Being in Birds of Prey, she connected with people like Black Canary, Batman, Tim Drake. She connected with people like Catwoman, Poison Ivy. She connected with characters that, for, for readers, just to enjoy a Batgirl comic book. It's not until now where we're looking these days at Batgirl, like, oh, she's cool again. You know, back then, you know, if you had that Batgirl mark, it was like, yeah, it's a chick comic book. I really don't want to read it. Even with Cassandra Cain being the second Batgirl, you're looking at Stephanie Brown. She gave life into that character. Um, Stephanie Brown started off as spoiler. She was her own little character at first as well, too, um, being as the daughter to Cluemaster, one of Batman's main villains as well, too, back in the day. She kind of was in that little in between a role, but trying to just get the attention of Tim Drake. Tim Drake she had a giant crush on, and that was her main objective, just trying to get, um close him as much as possible um you could scream daddy issues kind of because she had a thing for batman almost as well too <laughs> yeah. but at the same token she was a chick that just loved adrenaline and loved danger and um being spoiler she went on side missions with tim drake just solving petty crimes and just being around the whole crime fighting dynamic and then from there when tim drake stepped down from being robin because of circumstances with family She herself made her own female Robin suit, went to the Batcave, broke into the Batcave, and begged Batman to be her sidekick. Batman did oblige and trained her for a brief time, became, and I know people want to say Carrie Kelly is a female Robin, but she technically isn't canon since that story, Dark Knight Returns, isn't canon in the books. So she kind of is the only female Robin. And even though she was a brief, 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 brief Robin, she made an impact as that character and then transitioning into Batgirl. She has a load of history. The fact that I say she's a B-list character is because she's, she, even though she took the helm as Batgirl, she played second fiddle to a lot of things that Barbara Gordon, Barbara Gordon um, fanboys love, fangirls love. They're never going to say she was a real Batgirl. Well, she was her own Batgirl in her own right. And the fact that they disrespected her when they relaunched the new 52. They didn't even include her in the series. They didn't even put her as a character whatsoever. They basically erased her from existence. Such a fan character, fan favorite character, you just erase. And after two years, you kind of finally bring her back as spoiler, but no history behind the character. Like, that's a straight disrespect. That's a slap in the face of people who saw this character from the, uh, from the early to mid-90s going into the 2000s, growing into her own. To get slapped in the face like that, she she falls short as a character going to a B character to me.
1: No, I agree with you. And that one was a shock because I didn't think really that you would pull that. I thought you would have said, like... Uh... Blue Beetle or nah. Animal Man or something nah. like
0: that. Nah. <laughs> nah, when I was looking at this, um, I definitely love myself some Animal Man too. But <laughs> shout out to Animal Man, that's my dude right there. <laughs> but at the same token, though, when I was looking at this list, I was looking at people that could have been A's, that could have been something big as well too. But at the same time, they're they they've been put down for circumstances, not by um their own right as far as being written wrong. It's just executives didn't see him as that main star and her right there she was a lot of people who grew up in the late 2000s saw her as your super i'm sorry look at me super girl as your back girl she was your girl that you were like damn i want to be her i want to be stephanie brown she 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 once she transitioned from a um a in betweener to a natural born leader in the birds of prey. So I don't know. That's that's the disrespect that she got when the new fifty two launched. Just kind of killed me
1: a little bit. Let them know why you mad. Vent it out. Let I am. Know why you I mad. am.
0: And even now she still gets <laughs> straight disrespect. I mean she's not even part. Of the- not really that much part of the comic book history. In Rebirth, she's back a spoiler, but damn, you know, you still have one of my, that's another conversation for another day, but man, DC, you kind of dropped the ball with the new 52. You had a wealth of history in the back, in the back of your pocket that you could have just still ran with. But the fact that you just decided to reboot things and not even care about continuity whatsoever, with these great characters that you created, that you kind of gave birth to and raised. We all saw them. We all were looking at them through, throughout the years and just to slap them down say so you're not existing anymore
1: hurts. Well you you know you can't be mad at DC because the whole DC sometimes drops the ball, man. Look at the whole flashpoint. Yeah. The fifty-two reboot. What was it at the end of the day? The flash just running on a treadmill to get away from the problem. <laughs> so, you know, you can't you can't be mad at them for dropping the ball, but I definitely do understand because these are People, these are characters held dear to people's hearts, you know? So I definitely do agree with you and understand on that.
0: And I'll tell you this much. My whole little tangent right there with the New 52 spoiling things, no pun intended with spoiler her name. Um, my number one, just as a preview, we won't get there. Actually, you know what? My number two, I'm going to say my number two. My all number right. two kind of deals with this story because you felt that this person was robbed too when it came to the New 52. But we'll get to that once you finish yours,
1: damn, now you got me thinking. Who'd that say? Okay, now you got me thinking. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to get into my number two. And I feel like my number two is such a badass. You know, I have a lot of love for him. And he gets overshadowed just from the jump. And my number two is Guy Gardner. Oh, wow. But, Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that coming, but from the jump, I have to go with Guy Gardner being a B list character because he will never be, in my opinion, the. In the elites of like the Hal Jordans or the Kyle Reiners, you know, like mm-hmm. I f- or the Jon Stewart's, you know, I feel that he's just a B-list character for various reasons. Also one being his attitude that he seems kind of volatile to many people. Okay. And, and just from the bat, this Dude's existence was a what if because if I'm not mistaken, he appeared in number fifty-nine of the Green Issue. I mean, excuse me, Green Lantern, the issue number fifty-nine, and he was kind of a sort of a what if, let's just introduce him, see where we go from here. And then from number fifty-nine, he actually did not make an appearance until number eighty-seven of the Green Lantern issues. And at that, he was just making cameos. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was really what if, already tainted from there. And he got kicked out of the Green Lantern Corpse. Due to, you know, Hal Jordan being that main guy, that main Green Lantern. So, after he got kicked out, he just went into this limbo, wandering. They really did not know much to do with this character. I mean, they even... I, I don't know if you remember, but you remember that, that they had him on a comic called, like, The Warrior? Yep. They had him, yeah. They had him. He was just, like, this gunslinging dude that he was trying to get a Sinestro ring. So, he just went through some really bad changes. He even had a iron man type suit by um blue beetle blue beetle made him a suit so he was just wandering in this limbo so that's why i feel like he's b and it was up until like the rebirth i think it was of the whole green lantern corpse that that's when he came full circle with his character mm-hmm. that's when people started kind of like oh okay maybe we could take this guy a little bit serious but he was always to me in my opinion in how jordan's shadow just because how jordan was chosen by Abin ring. But I will get into an interesting detail in a minute that that should have never happened from the jump. But Guy Gardner, volatile. That's why a lot of people don't like him. I feel like he's overlooked. He's brash, cocky, outspoken. He will disrespect you. He's not that prototypical, hey, superhero, you know, chest out. He's, he's just a prick. And, you know, that's why I love the dude. He's just a freaking prick. And also... This dude, why he's a badass in my book, he became leader of one of my favorite corps, the Red Lantern. And oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, he, he went up, watched Atrocitus, did his thing, and became leader of the Red Lantern Corps, which is a misunderstood corps in, in many people's eyes. But I All the corps are misunderstood. Yeah. I just don't want to rant into that, but... Also when he started wielding that green ring and that red ring his constructs excuse me constructs were just like some of the best seen in the universe you get what i'm saying like his right. imagination was just running rampant so that's why i feel like also he's a badass and this is where i feel like a lot of people don't know and i don't know if the casual reader will know about this but around the time that Avin Sor died one of your favorite green lanterns his ring was seeking out a new host and actually, the first host they were going to seek was Guy Gardner. But the ring did not accept Guy Gardner for the simple fact that they felt he was too volatile and it would just be taking a risk. So that's why the ring latched on to Hal Jordan. Slapping so, the face. <laughs> yeah, slapping the face. Guy Gardner, awesome character, B-list, just for those reasons that he will always be in Hal Jordan's shadow. And to me, besides Kyle Runner, he's like one of the best lanterns, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I I completely understand. You got that whole thing right there. Because when I think of P, I do think of your man, Guy Garner. Um I like him. I always liked him. I hate his haircut always. So, that bull cut just killed me right there. I'm trying to be badass of a bull cut. And it just don't work, man. I mean you got the vest, good. you got everything
1: looking good for you, but that bowl cut yeah. looking like a beetle kinda kills me. A bro, ginger bro. beetle. <laughs> <laughs> bro, but that vest and that bowl cut was amazing, <laughs> man. He sported that bowl cut with honor, and he was a freaking prick. There was no, nothing nobody could tell I, him. I
0: give him that. I give him that. He was your prototypical um, ginger dude. For all gingers out there, I feel bad. Um, my fault. But, you know, you guys get put through a lot of shit. So he was, you know, the ginger step- stepchild with the freckles on the face always being pissed off because yeah. he was bullied. So he has a yeah. bully complex growing up. And yeah, definitely. I love him in the Red Lanterns. I love I love that story arc with him and Supergirl just running the Red Lanterns, which is freaking mm-hmm. phenomenal. I think he finally got his moment. Like I said, yeah. a lot of these B-list characters are getting their moments now. But if you look at the history of mm-hmm. them, they're getting slapped in the face left and right. Look at that. You know, Obnissor. I love Obnissor. Man, that fucking um. That side story of Obnasaur is the freaking White Lantern, didn't die. Yeah. I love that fucking story. I want more of that. Give me an elsewhere comic book of that. But yeah, yeah. it's 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 <laughs> fucked up. It's fucked up that, you know, you look at Hal Jordan Uh, Mr. Whitebread over here or Mr. Pitch Perfect
1: (laughs) gets the fucking ring, but the ginger don't, you know? (laughs) Yeah, the ginger don't. And and the ginger, sorry for cutting you off, the ginger was the first option the ring went to because it saw more potential in him, and he was the more badass than Hal Jordan. So it was a slap in his face. And like you said, when he took over the Red Corps, to me that was the highest that we've seen Guy Gardner. That was his peak. Oh, yeah. And then honestly,
0: uh, I haven't seen Guy really do that much since then. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, Rebirth has kind of changed a lot of things when it comes to the DCU again. They're trying to bring back older characters like Wally West into, into the continuity again, but at the same time still having the older Wally West from the 52 in there. So it's, you know, Rebirth is kind of smacking us in the face as well too, trying yeah. to get stories together. Uh, hopefully we'll see people like Stephanie Brown. Hopefully we'll see people like God Garner um, being relevant again and being prolific in these stories again.
1: Oh uh, definitely bro, I'm always looking forward to Guy Gardner because you know me, everybody knows me. They, I, I could tend to be a prick, so I could gravitate to Guy Gardner. So I'm looking forward to some more guy, you know. <laughs> what's mm-hmm. your number two <laughs> oh, That's how that's so look, funny. Looking for look some more
0: guy. <laughs> more guy. No, this one What's your number two? My number two is gonna get you tight, bro.
1: <laughs> let's see, let's see. Come on, let me see.
0: So when I think of people playing second fiddle. Mm -hmm. And when I think of people who kind of got screwed at their own story arcs and kind of screwed at in general their own character, I felt like their character was taken away after the New 52 launched. This character comes to mind, number one, for the sole reason that he had so much going on for him. He had his own solo series. He finally stepped out of his shadow and was building on his own accord. And then once again, slap in the face, reduced to a side character even though he had his own um group in a way the new 52 as a leader he still wasn't the same person Mm -hmm. we loved him that boy is your boy tim drake
1: oh really you rank him number two
0: i think as a b character he falls as like third when it comes to being in that bat family, when you have Dick as number two and even mm-hmm. with Dick, Dick kind of, he, he, he went into his own shadow. He went into his own mm-hmm. right as Nightwing and he built upon that character, even becoming Batman at one point too, two points. He mm-hmm. still branched out of that and still became his own character. Um, when you're looking at Jason Todd as well too, Jason Todd became the red hood and he, stabilized himself as his own character, too, for fans to yeah. so love and, and cherish as his own person. Tim Drake, though, he was still finding his character in the 90s going into um the mid-2000s, into the late 2000s, as that finally uh, fully formed character as Red Robin. I remember you were picking yeah. up every Red Robin yeah. Title as possible. You love that character. You love the arc. You love the mystery Mm -hmm. behind him and how he was searching for Bruce the whole entire time. And when Mm -hmm. Bruce was finally found, he still took that mantle as Red Robin, doing his own thing. He finally found himself. And then what happened after New 52? Slap in the face. He still Mm -hmm. became Red Robin, but he was never actually a Robin for Bruce. He was like a Robin for a, a day or two. And then. Made the Team Titans, was kind of a leader, kind of was in the Bat family, in a way. All that history that that Tim Drake has. Tim Drake is arguably the best Robin ever. If you want to put a rank of best Look. Robins, he is number one.
1: Wait, 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 wait. I love Tim Drake, but no, I'm going to have continue Ooh, continue okay. i don't want I, know to know you you yeah. I know
0: you love damien i know you love damien yeah i know you love damien <laughs> exactly. but hear me out tim drake is the man who okay. actually discovered the Batcave on his own he's the man that mm-hmm. if anybody he is the best detective out of all the robins he is a man that actually can take the mantle and say you know justifiably so i should be batman in the next five to ten years he was literally adopted by bruce at one point he was actually bruce's son in a way um Tim Drake has all the capabilities of being a character that could have stood on his own. Um, he had the history behind him. He was one of the first Robins to get his own solo series. If it wasn't for Tim, Damian would have never got a series. So Tim, in my opinion, gets short gets a short stick because he'll never be Dick. No pun intended with that. He'll never, <laughs> he'll, he'll never be Richard Grayson. <laughs> he'll, he'll never be Dick yes. whatsoever. He'll never be Bruce. He'll always stay in the shadow of those two characters. Even with Jason, he'll always stay in the shadow. And even right now, looking at Rebirth, he's still dubbed as Red Robin. You're not Red Robin unless you finally take that mantle up and become Red Robin. You're still just a Robin playing in the suit. And it's tough. It's tough because he deserves a lot for that. And I feel like he'll never break out of that shadow. He'll always be B, unfortunately.
1: You know what, though? Now that you break it down like that, you're absolutely correct. Man, fuck Damien. No, I'm, kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but I do see what you're saying. It is true that he never got that full exposure that he deserved. And I agree with you, definitely, because I used to go crazy picking up Red Robins. I remember I used to pick up like four or five issues in one shot. So,
0: yeah, I remember I told you when they were canceling Red Robin, he was mm -hmm. not going to be part of this no more. Like, yeah, he'll be part of Teen Titans, but he lost the suit. He lost the cow, everything.
1: They stripped him of everything. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that was just like a little pity. Okay, since he's kind of somewhat of a fan favorite, people are reading him. Let's just give him this little side gig, you know, in the meantime, and then he'll just fade to black. That's what I feel like they did with him.
0: Mm. Do you agree that he could have been... A little bit better used if New Fifty Two hadn't happened, or do you think there's still some redemption?
1: No, I, I I I see both. Like I feel like maybe there was some redemption and definitely I feel like he could have been more used if the whole fifty two didn't happen because that story arc was just really intriguing. Like, you know, he was finding Batman and stuff. Like it could've just went way longer that storyline. So in my opinion I feel like it just got cut short also. And I just feel like they didn't know what to do because it's also where I feel like they were kind of introducing Damien, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They were trying to like lead the way for Damien, so that's why I feel like he got cut short. And it was just going on with Red Robin, Damien, so let's just drop one off. And they stuck with Damien, I feel.
0: And I feel you on that point because at the same token, that's when uh, we were still having um, Damien and Dick being Batman and Mm -hmm. Robin. And I absolutely love that series as well, too. So we kind of had our favorite characters, our Mm -hmm. favorite Robins all in main mm. roles and it was just cut mm. short due to circumstance.
1: Yeah. It was like, it was like a Bukaki of Robbins. Like, <laughs> <you know, like, laughs> it was just, it, and I actually like that pair better than, um, Batman and his son, Damien. I actually like, um, uh, Dick Grayson. Cause I feel like it was kind of, a mentor-slash-older-brother role. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. Definitely. it was a, Yeah, it wasn't more of a, hey, I'm your father, I'm scolding you 24-7. That father-son, it was more like of a big brother role. So it was like two brothers fighting crime. So I actually like that combo better than um, Bruce and Damien. It's tough, it's tough. To me, I feel like the new 52,
0: Rob, uh, uh, when I look at it now, I was so excited for it to happen because I felt like we were part of a movement of like mm-hmm. a new change. But at the same time, though, no, knowing now of all the the knowledge we we read before the New 52 and how we kept on giving these comics chances after chances, and they kept on not screwing up because there was some decent material in the New
1: 52, but it just wasn't the same. There was decent material in the New 52, but I just feel like they dropped a lot of material because they had too much material. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Because... One of the series from the New 52, like that whole reboot that I wish they would have kept going, was like Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. That, that was just an awesome series within itself. The Aquaman, you know, Deathstroke, when they made him like this badass scallywag pirate, that, that was cool. And the whole Wonder Woman. But it, I just feel like they just had too much material and they had to cut it short. And I don't think they thought, excuse me, I don't think they got the feedback that they wanted after the Flashpoint event. That it was just like so lackluster and a letdown. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I think they were rushing yeah.
0: certain things. I feel like they didn't have the best, the strongest game plan. I think they were trying to execute it well, but there were some flaws in, in design, and it kind of hurt them at the end. But that's mm-hmm. neither here or there. That's why my number, my number two was uh, Latimla Drake. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like he's going to be more, I guess prolific when it comes to rebirth maybe hopefully but we'll see what happens i have my hopes high for him but what is your number one
1: my number one i don't think you saw him coming but i had to put him number one because he's honestly one of the most underrated characters in the dc universe and this guy is up to the pars of i will explain the list he's easily top three or top five strongest superheroes in the dc universe mm-hmm. so with that being said i have to go captain marvel slash shazan himself Ooh, look at you yes <laughs> i did my research here for this list i could have gone booster gold because booster gold he's near and dear to my heart but i struck you know, to what the list is. And he's honestly the most underrated, in my opinion, because he has a few things that hurt him. I'm just going to start with the things that kind of hurt him, in my opinion. He he got his powers from a 3,000-year-old wizard named Shazam. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? That (laughs) boy (laughs) good. He got his powers from him. Also, the power was bestowed to a young child called Billy Basson. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like... You can't take somebody serious like that, where it's just a child that screams, Shazam! And he, turns, <laughs> <laughs> he turns into this big, muscular guy in a tight red bodysuit with a cape and greased up hair. So I feel like that was kind of a flaw. And his biggest flaw to me also is that he reminded a lot of people of Superman. Yeah. Around that, yeah. It, I feel like that's his biggest flaw. It's kind of like Superman, Captain Marvel, Shazam. Also, where I feel like he fell short was because I don't know if you remember that DC got into this whole uh, legal battle with Marvel Comics because Marvel already had to use the name Captain Marvel for one of their characters. So they kind of were kind of suing DC over the whole Captain Marvel thingies. That's why they stuck with Shazam for his name in general. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those are like his biggest cons, but his pros, this guy is a badass. And I know you love yourself some Shazam. Yeah. So I know you love yourself some Shazam and you know his pros because... When he transforms, he gets these abilities that are amazing: superhuman strength, speed, durability, flight, longevity, whatever that is. I don't want to know what longevity is. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. We all know it's longevity, you know, longer life, longer lifespan, and spellcasting. He controls magical lightning, and he gets the knowledge of the gods when he becomes Shazam. So. I think that's pretty badass, and this is where I feel like he's really super underrated because I will give you a few examples. He's on the par, super strength level with Superman, Wonder Woman, and one of your favorite, Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's on the level of those people because they're like one of the strongest in the DC Universe. So not to throw Shazam in that conversation, you have to be crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the issues... He said himself that he got lucky, but he also knocked Superman out in one exactly of the exactly yeah, he knocked Superman out in a fight and he defeated one of your favorite guys, the Specter. he destroyed him with the spirit of destiny, you know he defeated him, and also um another example why I feel like he 's a badass, and a lot of people don 't know he actually caught the flash at one point the fastest man in the world <laughs> he caught the flash because the whole story was that miss um I forgot his name right now. Mr. Cole, Captain Cole, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Yeah, had kinda like done this concoction where like he poisoned Flash and he could not get him to stop running. So like Flash just kept running in like this endless loop. And not even Superman could catch him. So Superman hyped up Shazam and he said, Hey, uh you have the power of Mercury because if you know Shazam has acronyms for um the wisdom of Solomon, Hercules and stuff like that. Exactly. So Mercury is like a god and when it came to speed you cannot match the fastest human alive so he caught the flash and stopped him from running so that's pretty freaking badass in my book and he also belongs to one of the most badass groups like I said with my number four he's one of the lord of orders as well so Shazam is really underrated in my book, and he's freaking strong, and a lot of people overlook him because just of Superman, in my opinion.
0: You know what? I, I, I feel you on that one. I respect your opinion wholeheartedly. Um, I love Shazam, but the reasons you gave right there is why I couldn't put him on this list whatsoever. Because he has so much of a long, 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 long history, even going back to the 40s with characters, with the Shazam family, with the, with the Marvel family. Um, yeah, with the Marvel family. Um, you're looking at him as a character. Captain Marvel. I'll still call him Captain Marvel. Fuck that. Because he deserves that name. <laughs> he has that lineage. Um, I One of my favorite stories to ever come from him is in Kingdom Come. Where he is part of the new gods in a way. Where the new gods are kind of taking over. The new heroes and the new superpower beings are taking over the world. And Superman and the old guard are just not backing down just yet. In order to kind of you know, keep Superman at bay, Shazam, Captain Marvel, is the dude to put Superman out in that comic book. So mm. when you look at Shazam, Captain Marvel, he is such an iconic character, and the fact that he gives he gives you your cake and eat it. Um, basically, he, he's great for the kids that want to watch this or on TV or, or read this in a comic book and say, hey, I could be a kid, but I could be really, really strong as well, too. You know, it gives them yeah. both of that. It's like that dream that that wish, like I wish I could be strong if I said a word. I wish I could stand up to bullies if I could say something or do something. He gives you your cake and eat it as well too. Um, I love Shazam, Captain Marvel. He's one of my favorite characters, but I agree with you. He is underrated to the max. I feel that he does get that comparison with Superman and it's uh it's a tough bill.
1: Yeah, I, I feel he's super underrated and like I told you, I could have put Booster Gold number one just for being a fan favorite, but I feel like He's honestly, Shazam has to be number one. In my opinion, like I said, we can disagree. We go back and forth. Whoever hears this disagree, just leave us a comment. I say number one character in the DC Universe underrated is Shazam. And oh. I, I, so you think he's an A-list In your opinion from all that you said? um, You know, it's hard because I,
0: I personally rank him more of an A-list than... Mm-hmm. Than most people would, only for the lineage he has with him. Yeah. and the fact that he can go toe to toe with Superman, um, it's tough. But then again, I I have to slap myself in the face too because my number one, I feel you would probably think he's a number, he's a he's an A, a yeah, character like... as well too. But to be honest, List. I feel he gets slapped in the face worse than anybody.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's hear the slap in the face. Drop that number one. Let me see what you got. All
0: right, my number one does get slapped in the face with bigotry, with racism, with everything. You name it, he gets slapped with it. you know, And mm-hmm. it's tough because you even proved my point with your number two. Mm-hmm. Because you were dropping names. And the third name you dropped, or fourth name you dropped, makes him a B-list character, in my opinion, because he doesn't get treated with the same respect or poise as your other ones you were mentioning. That man yeah. is Green Lantern, John
1: Stewart. really I'm surprised I did not see that coming bro because of the fact
0: because of the fact that this man has not really had the central storyline that he deserves because Mm. of the fact that he is one of DC's first black superheroes in the 70s he came out in 1971 where it still was weird it was still um, taboo to have a black superhero even though Marvel kind of did it first DC was still struggling to create that character and yes. John Stewart was that character. They put him in the Green Lantern course, but still he was f- almost third fiddle to people like Hal Jordan, to people like Guy Garner. Guy Garner came out before him and whatnot. Um, so if you say that Guy Garner was placed second fiddle to um, how look at, look, look at John. <laughs> you even mentioning Kyle, Kyle Reiner. I love Kyle Reiner. He's one of my favorite Green Lanterns of all time. But look, that dude has his own book. That dude became mm-hmm. the White Lantern. That yeah. dude became a god amongst people. So <laughs> he, it's tough because Jon Stewart never gets that role. The only prolific role that I can remember Jon Stewart is he was our Green Lantern for the Justice League cartoon that's about it and that's because they didn't have the rights for for um Hal Jordan at the time that's because in continuity Hal Jordan was dead and Kyle Reiner was the actual Green Lantern at the time so Jon Stewart never really had his solid run as the main Green Lantern if anything he gets slapped in the face because of the fact that he dealt with racism when racism was still a big thing. The KKK with um, racist people in schools and jobs and in the army. You know, this dude it was a sniper in the Marines. He's an architect. He's a strong black character. The fact that he wasn't billed as a number one in anybody's opinion is tough. Um, even in the comic books he gets slapped in the face when it's chosen um for a successor for a guy Gardner when he steps down to, due to injuries they're looking at a replacement and the guardians of the universe are saying hey john stewart that's the guy right there that should be your second in command if anything happens to you how's it not this guy is too angry because of his place in the world he's too angry because he's an angry black guy because <laughs> basically Basically, that's how it is. He, he, Hal is like, yo, this guy's angry because he's being persecuted. That shouldn't be a reason to be a guardian or a lantern. You should have poise. You should have control. No, fuck you, Hal. You're the fucking most scared. You're out of everybody the worst Green Lantern in the world. You fucking blew up half the West Coast as Parallax. <laughs> you know fuck off okay (laughs) so for your chump ass to say a black man couldn't be your second fuck you i don't like hal jordan as much as many people do i love kyle and i love john stewart and i love guy above freaking hal jordan so i'll say that for a fact but i feel that even (laughs) in the comic books he still plays kind of second field to a lot of things um he's a better general when it comes to the to the corps army he and when it came to the Sinatra corps army he rallied the troops together and made them fight back the, course, the Sinatra Corps when it came to that, um, that invasion. When it came to the Black Lantern invasion. He still gathered enough energy to have most of the Green Lanterns come across the universe. And still battle with the likes of the, the Red Lanterns by his side. With the likes of uh, the Yellow Lanterns by his side. With the likes of the Sapphire Lanterns by his side. He gathers people but still doesn't get portrayed as the main Lantern. For some reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they don't see him as a strong enough character. I don't know if they don't see him as a prolific character above the other Green Lanterns out there. But, I mean, he gets second billion, even third billion, and it's tough.
1: It's real tough. Well, uh, I mean, it's not that hard. Why? I mean, he's, like, black, so that's why I feel like he doesn't get that shine, like you said. So, it's it, with that pick, it gets real political and real... It's tough. Um, Yeah, tough, because it's, it's a lot of... I don't want to get into it because, you know, that's just not me, but it just gets real touchy because, you know, he's a black character. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to sound messed up or nothing, but it's just real touchy that still now in the age that we're living in, 2017, they still don't want to put a black character as a lead character in many things. Oh, definitely. Especially especially the, the, the role of Green Lantern in general has kind of always been played by a white man. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. And... If it has been a, let's say, color character, it's been Sinestro or Avin Sur. It's never really been a black guy. So that's why I feel like he doesn't get the shine. And it's kind of fucked up. 2017, there's still that issue. I do agree with you. He should get more. But I'm going to just ask you a quick question based on what you said with the whole How Jordan. Do you feel like he can actually fit into a red course ring, do you think, with all um, that rage and anger?
0: Possibly. But then again, see, the thing about... About John is that yeah he does get mad at the world for what the world sees him as but mm-hmm. he has a lot of hope and that's why I feel like he would do better with one uh, the, um, the either Indigo or with the um, Blue Lanterns as well too Blue. because, because yeah. of the fact that he does show empathy and he does show hope as well too I think that he overcomes his anger and that's why he's a perfect Green Lantern Hal Jordan never really got over his fear You know, he had daddy issues. He had life issues when it comes to his father. He really didn't love issues. He really didn't man up until he came back from the dead and went into that Sinestro Corp war. You know, he was a bitch character, but you know, he He was was. Al Jordan. Looking at people like Guy Garner, who came up from hardships. Looking at people like Kyle Reiner. Kyle Reiner freaking had his girlfriend stuffed in a freaking freezer. Okay? Yeah. Like, these guys, these characters are so much better than Hal Jordan. And Jon Stewart, man, you know, when I look at his character, Mm -hmm. as well dc has never had a great run making a great black character you're looking at people like black lightning um summoning yeah. black energy. Why? Okay, no.
1: Yeah, that's real racist. <laughs> For no reason
0: characters like Goliath as a giant black mm-hmm. man or looking yeah. at um characters even like Stag Shock, who I think is a decent mm-hmm. character as well, too, but never gained the shine. He doesn't even have a book out right about now, let alone being in a, a CW series where he belongs because he fit perfectly. Mr. Terrific, the third smartest man <laughs> in the world. What the fuck? I was fuck?
1: about to say that, yeah, I was about to say Mr. Terrific. And yeah, was, was... he was
0: gonna be an honorable mention. I, I was gonna put mr terrific mm-hmm. in this but i felt that that john stewart has the poise ha- dude was a general in the Marines, so why not have him as your main lantern look at even the movies in the movies they could not even um i guess decide who they want as your green lantern so they're making a green lantern core movie so they could satisfy everybody fuck you why you failed with hal jordan why not put Jon Stewart as that main character? I remember they were shipping Idris Elba as Jon Stewart. That would have been a perfect character right there. That would have been a perfect, perfect role for Idris Elba.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. I agree with you, man. Like, definitely Jon Stewart. I just didn't put him in my list because I just felt like he wasn't really um underlooked in my eyes. But you really hit some great subject. So I see why he's number one on your list. But I'm going to have to agree with you. And he definitely deserves a bigger role. Yeah. But um, I want to ask you, what are some of your honorable mentions that you got into that with the whole Mr. Terrific thing?
0: I was going to put Mr. Terrific. I was going to put The Spectre. Um, mm-hmm. The Question was another one as well, too. I feel like The Question doesn't mm-hmm. get enough love in the world as well in the comic books. Um, you know, I was going to put, and this might sound weird, but mm-hmm. <laughs> in my personal opinion, I was going to put... Um, the Atom as a character that <laughs> that pe- in my opinion he gets a lot of parallel from Ant Man in the Marvel universe yeah. and it kind of, it kind of feels like he gets forgotten in the world. But if you're an avid DC character a d- DC reader, you'll love the Atom. But I do feel like he plays second fiddle sometimes to Ant Man or Giant Man or wherever you want to fucking call him these days now. Hank Pym. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's 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 tough. It's tough. But um, I feel like the characters I kind of chosen were slated in actual b roles, and were cast aside for bigger and better things. That's why.
1: Yeah. What about you? <clears throat> Me, honorable mentions. Uh, this is, It gets a little tough because we're talking about B-list characters, but I have a few. I mean, Black Canary. Who? I would say Green Arrow, but I don't know if he's more like a little vigilante, anti-hero type character. You get what I'm saying? But right. Green Arrow, I feel like him. I feel like a lot of people don't know about him, but he's a badass superhero in his own right. But he's kind of tarnished because of a few little villainous acts that he's done. So he kind of falls more into the anti-hero, the Grifter. Yeah. Grifter's a pretty badass hero. I love Grifter. You know, he has his, yeah, he has his own storyline and stuff. And I feel like if they actually were able to incorporate um, Deathstroke in a movie, Grifter would be a great counterpart to Deathstroke. That would be just amazing battles. So Grifter and... Yeah, I one one that I was going to mention but this one it will just be um <clears throat> excuse me, it'll just be a lot of disagreeing and it's for a chat that you will have to just sit down at the table and have a discussion. I would even throw into this list my opinion, I would even throw into this kind of like anti-hero more of a hero role Like, I would have to throw Atrocitus, bro. Like, Atrocitus is really big of an anti-hero. I really don't see Atrocitus as a villain in my book, honestly.
0: All right, I'll match you with that. I'll match you with that because I feel the same way. But then again, with this character as well, too, yeah, he says he screams super villain. He does scream super villain, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But if you look, the best villains are the ones that don't see themselves as villains whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And if you look at his moral compass, he's kind of right in a way.
1: Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. oh, that's actually a good one. Yeah, you matched that one perfect. That's actually a good. You, you, yeah, you throwing me off the heels now. That's actually a good one. You matched that one up real good. My Metrocitus. Excuse me, Metrocitus. Only because I they both
0: feel that they're doing the right thing. That's why.
1: Yeah, in their eyes, yeah, that they're doing the right things. I definitely do agree with you. And, and who- that... Yeah, no,
0: yeah. not to cut you off, when you look at Lex Luthor, too, he's looking at the eyes of yes, Superman did crash into the world. Okay, yes, he has superpowers. Okay, yes, he's saving people. But what if you have that one bad day? What is that dude gonna do? Is he gonna destroy the entire world? I have to be the guy that controls that. So, of course, he's Mm going to do everything in his power to stop him. So, yeah, he's looking Mm -hmm. out for not only his own best interest because he wants to be Superman. Because in his eyes, you know, he looks at himself and that's the pinnacle of what man can be. But looking at Superman, he's above the evolutionary food chain. So he is selfish in that way, too. But he is also looking for a human sake as well, too, saying this guy can just... Freaking heat beam the whole entire Earth, or just pick the Earth up and toss it into the Sun if you wanted to. So
1: yeah, I, I agree with you because it's kind of like the the answer I gave you. Um, Atrocitus, Atrocitus, he was born out of a a villainous act done to his planet. You know, the whole Guardians destroyed his planet by with the Martian Manhunters. It was undercover, wrapped under covers. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So until he seen the truth, so he kind of. Rose, because he has rage, and they make him seem, like, villainous. He looks like a villain, you get what I'm saying? But if you look into his story and his storyline, what happened to him, it was a tragedy. He didn't ask for this, and he's trying to, like every other hero, fight that, you know, villainy in the universe, which is, I guess you could say the Guardians, for what they did to him, and the Martian Manhunters that were being used before, then the Green Lantern Corps, so that's why they race and, you know, fight the... The Green Lantern Corps. So that's why, in my opinion, I feel like he's really not a villain.
0: No, no, I definitely agree with you on that part right there. Can I tell you, though, my okay. favorite out of all of these pop fives, mm-hmm. out of all the ones we mentioned from you, Batwoman yeah. was my favorite.
1: Batwoman really? was my favorite. <laughs> that one just like hit me
0: right in the heart, right in the feels. <laughs> in the
1: feels. Batwoman, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw that one coming, honestly. Nah, I did. But that was
0: good, though.
1: You didn't? The one that I, if, if I had to pick one for you that caught me in the feels, I would have to go with um, Steel. I really didn't see you picking Steele. And Steele is really overlooked because, like you said, of also his voice and how he's played and portrayed. And he's really a badass, iconic superhero. And he's done a lot for that whole, I guess you could say, Superman, Metropolis world. So yeah. that one, that one was really good. I did not see that one coming, honestly. John Stewart was cool and stuff like that, but I was like, nah, the Steel, you could even throw Steel as number one, you know? So It's tough like, because I only see Steel, and I'll go back
0: to his point, because I feel like I didn't really touch as much as I wanted to. Yeah. I feel like he was doing things for unselfish reasons. He, he was mm-hmm. seen as Superman's death as someone needs to fill the void as a beacon of hope, and that's why he yeah. became the Man of Steel, hence the name mm-hmm. Steel, and he was being the protector to the little guy, to the small guy. In a way, we're looking at other people in that time frame, trying to pick up the mantle, a.k.a. Superboy. Uh, if you're looking at the Eradicator, if you're looking at um, Cyborg Superman, who was playing a Superman, everybody had their own ulterior motive. So Steel, John Henry, was more in line with his own character, saying, I'm going to do this for me. So that's why I kind of put him as number five, because he finds his own identity, whereas I look at um, John Stewart, he's still stuck in in the identity as a Green Lantern and not even the best Green Lantern.
1: Yeah. Real quick, I have one for you. This, I just, like, sidetracked. Well, where do you think my man Etrigan falls in this? You know, that's U- what G I'm, I'm yeah. very
0: surprised you didn't <laughs> put, pick
1: him in I, I was, was going to pick him. I was going to pick him. I was really close to picking Etrigan, bro. Dead ass. Um, right. I, I think he he's
0: he's there he's a b-list character maybe a c-list character as well too <laughs> that's the only reason why i didn't put people like plastic man in this Who's yeah. like, like that are in like the c-list category but yeah. um i love Extragon. he's he's fun he's a funny character rhyming all over the place breathing fire <laughs> slashing people with swords um, it's hard because you know when i put like people with him i put like shade the changing man or yeah. fucking um dead because i see dead man as a c-list character unfortunately i love dead man but he's like a c-list character for <laughs> yeah, me dead too yeah. you know he's useless in a fight unless he, he performs an exorcism on somebody but <laughs> you know it's tough for me so same yeah. thing with extra gun you know he has to be called into a fight for him to come out so mm-hmm. it's
1: tough it's it's tough it's tough, yeah, but I feel like this list, I don't know, if you think I'm right, I don't know, or you could disagree with me, I feel like this list could go more than top five, like, like oh, a yeah. solid top ten.
0: I definitely agree. I think like... we, we probably need to revisit this one day as well, too, and say, you know what, maybe we could throw in some honorable mentions, maybe we can probably even do a different list of uh, people our favorite characters or our favorite C list characters or just in general, like what characters mean the most to us even though they're like a C or D list character. Um it's hard. It's very, very, very hard. Because there's characters I wanted to put I wanted to put freaking um Huntress in this. Huntress oh. is one of my favorite characters as well too. But I felt like she was more of an in-between too, so it was kinda hard mm-hmm. to really judge mm-hmm. that. Maybe that's our next thing. Maybe we'll, if we ever get a chance, we'll do more of the um anti hero characters and throw it in there.
1: I'm I'm all for that because when I sat down to make this list, honestly, bro, a lot of anti-heroes popped up on my list, so I was like, oh, wait, scratch that name out. Actually, I was going to put um, Huntress and Batwoman. I was sitting there tussling, like, should I put her number three, Huntress, Batwoman? But I went more with Batwoman because she's more dear to my heart. But Huntress could have made the list easily, bro, hands down.
0: Yeah, same for me. She was going to be one of my characters as well, too, but... I kind of was trying to steer away from the Bat Family because I felt like it was getting more. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of great characters in the Bat Family that kind of get the short end of the stick. It's tough when you have Batman as the main central hero. So everybody gets second fiddle. But I wanted to kind of pick the one I felt like was more robbed in a way. The same way as um, Batwoman is, I felt like Stephanie Brown was robbed more than Jason Todd. Or, or, or well, you know, Tim Drake was pretty robbed worse too. So both of yeah. these characters, that's why they were so parallel, one and two, because I felt like their identities were just taken away from them.
1: No, no, I agree with you. And there are a few more characters with I, which I honestly thought, Could have been in your list, but I won't reveal them just in case you actually want to touch this list again. Yeah. So that's why I won't reveal them, but we will discuss them because I thought a few of them would have popped up on your list. So I see how you went and I agree with your list and... You surprised me, and I hope I surprised you as well with my list. Hell yeah, man. I think this was fun.
0: It's always fun to discuss comic books and just try to get into them. It's hard because yeah. when you love something so much, it gets difficult when you try to put a top five in there. But that's what makes it fun because we have to kind of get out of our comfort zones to say, you know what? We have to rank this person ahead of this person and say, F it. This might work better. And it, it works mm-hmm. for a great conversation.
1: Yeah, you sometimes you got to put the fan behind real quick and just do what's, you know, morally right. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm saying? But I'm definitely. No,
0: no, 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 no. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I'm down for another one, like you were saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do another one. Either continue with the B-list or the anti-heroes. I'm down for one of those two because the anti-hero one, it'll be pretty dope one. So hell yeah, man. Where can people find you, man? They can catch me on Bumpers at underscore J Rance at the Stoop, my podcast series where I talk about sports. And if you guys have anything that you want me to talk about or discuss, excuse me, discuss, I could just rant about it. And, you know, just hit me up there on my Facebook, Antonio Jose, my Instagram, underscore J Rance. I just got the Twitter set up at EDM Trippy so you know I'm starting to get global like my son Vals, so I'm trying to get out there So <laughs> God, I wish I was global
0: we'll get there one day man um, of course you can find me at the side room podcast with your boy BX Lou doing his podcast on on uh, bumpers thank you bumpers for this opportunity once again um, mm-hmm. Ken Dog doing tech talk and real name reviews um I see, like, Whoa out there doing her pillow talk with BX Lou. That's a, it's a fun conversation if you want to hear that. Um, it's like a midnight lounge. It's hilarious. I recommend it. Um, and, of course, with us right here at the Sidecast, we're always trying to do a Pop Fives. We're always trying to do MMA Round 3 coming your way. We're always trying to do different things for for a different variety If one person wants to come in and listen to comic book talk, if the other person wants to listen to pro wrestling talk, hell, if one person wants to listen to um, political talk, we'll give it to you. But we try to give everybody a little bit of variety out there when it comes to the side Room podcast. So please reach us out at uh, bumpers. Of course, iTunes, Google play podcast Republic, Facebook at the side room podcast, Twitter at the side room podcast. You can reach me at Val Cisco on Twitter, Instagram. We're out there. You name it. We're there. Come find us. We're there. Um, Jay, it's always been
1: a pleasure. It's, it's always a pleasure doing it's this, always, man. It's it's always a pleasure, bro. It's always good times and fun, man. People might be like, oh, you, you guys rant a lot, but it's just the fun that we have and we enjoy doing this. And, you know, we enjoy bringing you guys our opinion. But with that being said, I also just like to get this out there. I'm sorry for cutting you off, bro. Go Once for it. Again, you know me, I rant subscribe people drop the feedback let us know how we're doing i appreciate that on my podcast his the sidecast of the side room podcast just let us know how we're doing if we fucking suck you know so we can bring better material to you guys we need the feedback definitely definitely do need
0: the feedback because we see you're listening you like our content hell we were fucking trending at one point so (laughs) we were trending many many times so if you guys (laughs) like the content somewhat then leave us leave us some feedback tell us how we're doing subscribe and rate that's all we're asking it's not that much so if you can do it if you can't you know always just keep your mind and eye on the side jay it's always a pleasure man
1: a pleasure man to the next one to the next one later later